Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by Comark, a global provider of innovative software products and business services. Comark's platform is used by leading brands across all industries to drive their customer loyalty. Powered by AI and machine learning, Comark technologies allow you to build, run, and manage personalized loyalty programs and product offers with ease. For more information, please visit comark.com. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. Featuring one of the world's most successful companies in both technology and entertainment. Now, Microsoft, for me, has always been an extraordinary hardware and software company. And now I'm increasingly realizing its dominance as one of the world's largest gaming companies. With globally renowned products and services, I was really excited to discover Microsoft Rewards the company's loyalty proposition, which is used to drive deeper engagement with two of their key products. Joining me on today's show is the director of Microsoft Rewards, Adam Grupp, who shared his global loyalty insights to build customer connection and what he believes are important trends and ideas for loyalty professionals throughout 2022. Adam, joining me today from, I believe, Seattle, Washington, uh, from Microsoft headquarters. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to have you, Adam. I think if I recall correctly, our paths crossed because you were listening to my show. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was a wonderful message that I got from you on LinkedIn. So uh, delighted to have you as a listener. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, I saw director of Microsoft Rewards and I went, oh, my goodness, (laughs) this is somebody I need to talk to. So super exciting time for me, Adam. Um, To kick off the show, as you know, we always love to get into understanding, I suppose, what you admire and respect in the world of loyalty. So above and beyond everything you're doing with Microsoft Rewards, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what is your favorite loyalty program at the moment? Sure. Um, So I knew this one was coming. So (laughs) I thought a lot about it. And where where I've ended up is um, recognizing that you know, over time, we our, our preferences change. The thing that seems most important mm. in the moment changes. And uh, certainly, we look at the last two years, the market has evolved tremendously, you know, whether it's travel or, or retail or you, know, you name it. Mm. The, um, the, the thing that keeps bubbling up for me is uh, the, uh, the Amazon Smile program as, as a, an element of their Prime subscription platform and the, just the customer experience that they deliver through that. I know that sometimes we we take a kind of a compartmentalized view about loyalty programs and we think of them as a bolt-on to the core business. Yeah. I, I prefer to take a different view and, and and especially when designing them, look for ways of making them as inseparable as possible, really integrating yeah. them where the yeah. values and the, the the goals that we take up and the way we see the world in the loyalty team resembles the way the brand team 
for the whole company, for the whole business, looks at things, the, the customer experience team, the, the core product mm, team. Mm. And so what I love about Amazon Smile is it's a program that's it's been around for a little while. And you mm. know, if, if there was ever a category that probably would struggle to carve out a little bit of value for, you know, um, for charitable interest in retail, skinny margins, right? But they totally. found a way to do it and they yeah. found a way to sustain it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what it was that made this my favorite. It was Ooh. when Amazon uh, re-released their mobile app mm-hmm. and made it much easier for a an Amazon Smile customer to mm-hmm. have the whole Amazon experience. They didn't have to choose to go to smile.amazon. Okay. Uh, yeah. They could they could get that whole integrated consumer experience on yeah. being, you know, being an Amazon customer yeah. um, without having to do some strange end run. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. that to me is like when you're really nailing it as a loyalty program, when you kind yeah. of mainline what you're doing and you, you make it easy for your, your yeah. everyday customer to both discover it and to stay with it. Mm, absolutely wonderful example, Adam. And if I'm right, first of all, in case there are people around the world who are not familiar with Amazon Smile, as you said, it's part of the Prime program. But mm-hmm. my understanding is that they actually on their side make a donation to a charitable cause but not at the expense of the user. That so, is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So, and, and this was, you know, there, I'm sure there are lots of other programs that do this. We do this at Microsoft also. Yeah. Um, the, the kind of the OG or the original way that, that companies would do this was you go through, say, the checkout stand at the grocery store and they say, hey, would you like to top off yeah. your, your purchase with yeah. a donation to this cause or that cause? And of course, you know, the, probably generated a lot of impact that way Yeah. for, for this to be something that is essentially sponsored by the brand, as opposed to coming out of the pocketbook of the customer, I think it makes it a really powerful statement, not just of what it means to be a customer, but what the company stands for, what the product and the brand stand for. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think, Adam, what they nailed is rather than just, you know, having it sitting, let's say, within a CSR department, you know, the corporate social responsibility area, which for years in my experience, you know, has been very well intentioned and sat down every year and maybe chosen a charity and done that by the company. But it didn't feel in any way connected with how the consumer was behaving. So Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. what Smile has done, you know, again, for me is it connects my shopping behavior, which is obviously what they want to stimulate with their generosity, like they're directly connected. And I just feel, you know, it's simple, it's generous. And I feel like I've done something good just by buying the stuff I was going to buy anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we if we step out of kind of the our our space as humans and and thinking of ourselves as customers and instead look at this more clinically as yeah, loyalty okay. program managers, loyalty marketers, yeah, there's something really important there that you said. Yeah, this yeah. idea of of you're not creating any kind of separation even inside your organization of of what the smile program is. Yeah as different or separate or distinct or kind of buried away from the core customer experience. Yeah. Um, the, you know, one of the things that I think we've, we've stumbled upon in our organization is recognizing that the more you can, you can drive a clear and almost um, just Im- implicit under- understanding of the connection yeah. between a customer's values and what they believe in and what yeah. they, what they aspire to mm-hmm. um, with what they're doing, what they're choosing to do with you, yeah. Where you can you can closely link the um, the the purchase decision or the the engagement decision, yeah, to a vision of of impact in the future. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And it's that it's that linkage between what they're doing now and mm. where this is all going. Yeah. And when you can craft that so that it it becomes just in the air and the water, that's yeah. when I think cause yeah. marketing and, and and social impact in the context of loyalty becomes mm. really, really powerful. It absolutely does, Adam. And you've reminded me of an article I wrote a couple of years ago. And I kind of, I was trying to, for myself, I suppose, clarify what does make a good loyalty program, you know, from a consumer's perspective. And I think, again, you know, Amazon Smile has exactly done it. And the three words I came up with were, it has to be clear, it has to be consistent, and it has to be compelling. So I think if you can tick those three boxes, then absolutely everybody wins. You know, there's that feel good factor and the emotion of loyalty, dare I say, it grows. So it's beyond almost the transaction. It almost just comes through then that I just actually like doing business with Amazon a bit more, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Paula. Um, the, I mean, it's this is not a new thing in loyalty that we think of this as an emotional product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not just a transactional product, and it's that is it's easy to put that on a bumper sticker or a, mm -hmm. a slide deck yeah. and have everyone you know applaud it. But it yeah. is sometimes really hard to do. It's yeah. really hard to do because if you think about why we exist, we exist to drive business value. Yeah, to deepen the the relationship that the company has or the business has with the customer yeah. and we measure that through transaction data we measure that through retention right yeah yeah uh, lifetime value those kinds of things that yeah. are inherently transactional but yeah. that's not the experience that our customers have Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, a wonderful already conversation, Adam. And I know there's a lot of these insights that you've already brought into the work you do with Microsoft Rewards. And I suppose my my next, um, I suppose, confession is that I wasn't aware <laughs> of Microsoft Rewards before we met and before we spoke. Yeah. But yeah. I know I'm outside the target market in lots of different ways. First sure. of all, geographically, um, mm -hmm. because I know- We're not in Dubai yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> Well, this is definitely going to be an important discussion point. Um, but also, I know you have a very clear um, focus on, on two core areas for Microsoft Rewards. So I'd love for you to explain for listeners, Adam, you know, what is the Microsoft Rewards program? What are you kind of doing with it? Yeah, you bet. Um, so Microsoft Rewards uh, began a number of years ago, uh, more than a decade ago, as two different programs. And you know, as often can happen in really big companies like Microsoft, mm -hmm. we tend to be kind of uh, vertically focused. We have mm -hmm. a business over here. We have a business over there. Um, it's like the the uh, old joke from uh, that show 30 Rock about the uh, the division of television and microwave ovens. Um, the um, the, the reality is we, we had these sort of independent things spring up over time and, and some time ago, mm. um, we, we realized as, as a team, uh, as yeah. a leadership team, hey, wait a minute, it really makes sense to, to leverage our, our brand, uh, yeah. bring these things together. Mm. And maybe moreover, we have a, a, a consumer experience that yeah. is a little bit siloed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to do something about it. So um, those two programs that we started off with were in the gaming sphere in Xbox, okay. uh, mm -hmm. Xbox Live Rewards, mm -hmm. and then in the um, kind of in the in the Windows worlds, uh, mm -hmm. Bing Rewards for our, mm -hmm. our search engine, Bing, which is our, our competitor yeah. to, to Google that we launched yeah. uh, and rebranded a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. The these two programs, because they because their origin story was inherently about a single product or single target customer, okay, had the the gift of clarity in regards to what what was it that they existed for. Right. Okay. Why? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one was to deepen the uh, the gaming experience, particularly in the the ecosystem around the, the Xbox Marketplace, where you would buy and and experience digital content, mm. uh, as well as the the uh, the gold subscription uh, platform, which was really uh, at the time I think, um, and I'm not speaking from my own uh, you know business experience on this, but more as the consumer uh, side okay. of this, okay. which I was at the time. Um, the kind of the online gameplay, the collaboration, the connection, the the social aspects, yeah. um, and sort of the beginnings of a subscription-based gaming uh, uh, business. Then over in the um, uh, on the on the other program, Bing Rewards, it was pretty simple. We wanted people to try and stick with this new search engine. It was an alternative okay. to the big guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And and in doing that, we had very very simple measures of of customer success in terms of what's the outcome that tells us we're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And um, so those two programs existed uh, in their own spheres for quite some time. And we okay. eventually brought them together. Mm -hmm. There was a moment where we had to make a tough decision. Hey, will these programs individually be stronger if we, if we combine them uh, mm -hmm. or not? Are we, mm -hmm. are we compromising something in the integrity of what we're, what we're doing to serve the individual businesses or the, the customers in each and that was a decision point for us. Uh, we were able to determine that that was not the case, that in fact, uh, or rather, we would be strengthening both by bringing them together, that there was this kind of network effect, this ecosystem value. And that okay. was ultimately a, a core tenet of our decision to bring these things together to deliver a better overall mm. consumer experience. Mm -hmm. And I think when we consider our vision and what we hope to become, uh, mm. we really do want to become a, a, a strengthener of the, the relationship between a consumer user of Microsoft services and products mm. and, um, and Microsoft all up, right? It's not just about these individual businesses. Mm. And there's an aspect to this that does start to creep into uh, the core customer experience. When mm -hmm. we think about what are we doing with our consumer business all up and how do we best support that? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely wonderful. So I'm, I'm definitely not a gamer. So um, another reason why I'm outside <laughs> the, uh, the target market, although mm -hmm. I was really impressed. I had already seen the headlines about the, the recent acquisition. I think, uh, is it Activision is the gaming mm -hmm. company? Microsoft. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was announced uh, not too long ago. Yeah. 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 About a week or so ago. So um, incredibly impressive, I suppose, to see, you know, the, the scale. Um, mm -hmm. I think Microsoft is now officially the or will be when this closes, obviously, the third biggest gaming company in the world. So um, extraordinary performance. Um, but again, I haven't even gotten into it. And I know it's become more, let's say, gender diverse. For example, it's not just war games. There is more, mm -hmm. dare I say, Candy Crush or more female oriented mm -hmm. things. But, mm -hmm. but I suppose when I think about Microsoft, Adam, I think about it as, um, first of all, a software company. That's what I engage mm -hmm. with most, most commonly. And yeah. so all of my Outlook and all of my you know, Word applications, the Office uh, products, and then obviously hardware. So actually for me, it's almost like way down the pecking order to think of Microsoft mm -hmm. as a gaming company. And again, yeah. I, I'm speaking obviously very much as an individual, but I guess my question is, you know, is there a role, would you think, and you, you might probably have to just speak personally here in terms of an opinion, but would you think there might be a role for Microsoft Rewards to, to go beyond the gaming, the Xbox proposition and search into hardware, software, or other parts of Microsoft? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, um, I will tell you if, if, um, if we had enough time, I, I could, uh, I could 
give you a list of all my ambitions for growing the loyalty experience for the Microsoft consumer. No, obviously, we're not we're not going to do all those things. Uh, <laughs> not today. Uh, there's a little bit of the you know kind of the mad scientist in the lab uh, okay. kind of mindset Hilarious. for me on those things. But yeah, um, I think that um, I think there is a lot of opportunity, and it's this is this is something that I think we experience as you know in larger companies that have lots of option value, lots of different places. Totally. Um, or or we experience as professionals and leaders in our careers in in the businesses that we lead. In order to figure out what to say yes to, we got to say no to a whole lot of stuff. Gotcha. And and this is something that I would say is um, you know. When I when I find loyalty programs that I'm really impressed with, mm. there's usually a lot of stuff they've said no to. Yeah. In order to get really good at the things they choose to do. So mm. um the, the thing that's really fascinating about um about the gaming world um is just this multitude of studios who will uh collaborate. Um, mm. who will throw in together, who will recombine themselves and reorganize like we've seen a lot of in the industry yeah. over over time. Mm. Um, and there are all these pockets of brand love and, mm. and they're at the game title level. They're at the, the studio level. They're uh, not usually at the corporate level, uh, to be honest. <laughs> not um, <just. laughs> Well, right. It's, it's, there are debates to be had there, but yeah. Um, the, the reality is that you get these kind of pockets of, of heat where, where the, the customer, where the consumers, where the audience is just like, wow, this is great. It's like, yeah. um, it's like people who love Marvel, you yes. know, and that's their reason for subscribing to Disney plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say, um, our, our Xbox friends are going to have some big decisions to make about how they choose to, to set this up, right? Do mm-hmm. they, do they look to be very deeply integrated in mm-hmm. creating kind of a single, um, a single loyalty experience uh, for all, you know, in their, in their portfolio, yeah. or do they retain some, some distinctiveness? Um, you know, Microsoft made an acquisition of Minecraft some years ago. Okay. And that's, a you know, I, mm. while I can't comment on, you know, decision-making that we're doing now, I can't say, you know, as yeah. a, if I take an outsider view or like the way I teach my students at the University of Washington, yeah. um, take a look at what a competitor or what an organization has done before, mm. how they make decisions. And sometimes it can be instructive as to where the, like what the wisdom might be about a future mm. decision. Now, it's okay. not to say you can predict what they're going to do because the world yeah. changes, right? Yeah. But I think there's there's a lot to be learned from how companies who have made acquisitions mm-hmm. over time have made the decision to either fully integrate or to mm-hmm. retain some kind of separateness, some distinctiveness of the units that they, they bring okay. together. Yeah. Um, it takes a bit more precision in, you know, why are we doing this? What is yeah. our goal? Yeah. But ultimately, it, it can allow you to retain a lot of the value that you're, you're seeking to bring in mm-hmm. uh, by, not, by not blowing it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that you you see the opportunity and potential. I also really like the clarity of doing less. I think that's a very, very good insight, actually, because, um, you know, we're just all so overwhelmed and so well-intentioned, I think, you know, that um, it is tempting to try and be all things to all people. But um, I sometimes feel that just leads to that, you know, sense of not really being on top of things. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably the reason that I've given up consulting, for example, is I can just do podcasting. So mm-hmm. actually it gets my full attention now, which is super exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the... the 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 reality is um, there there's sort of like two attention spans you have to contend with right when you're leading teams mm. and organizations mm. like this first and foremost you have to contend with your customers attention span what are yeah. what do they have the cognitive load 
mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. to to retain, to engage with, and frankly, what do they care about? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We exist because they exist, and they have a need, and we're serving it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first bit, like the clarity thing that you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the the second one is internally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just like you choosing to go deep on on podcasting as a as a core focus for you right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that unlocks the so much of your resourcing to go and be great at that. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes when we do loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is the thing that we are really all about? Yeah. What is the thing that we are going to be so focused on mm-hmm. that we will be better at that than we ever thought we could be? Sure. Because we set aside all these other distractions. We just yeah. focus on getting that one thing really, really right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine the temptation when you do have the opportunities, as you said earlier, in terms of a company like Microsoft, you know, there's an opportunity around every single corner. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah. I guess you, you have to exercise yeah, that discipline. Yeah. No doubt. And it's, I mean, we talk about this notion of the growth mindset in, in the technology sector a lot, and Microsoft's no exception. Mm-hmm. It is it is really easy to say yes when you're when you're trying to be growth minded when you're trying to explore what's possible and stretch yourself and challenge your teams yeah yes sounds really good yeah yes feels very resonant yeah no is hard mm. no is really hard totally totally okay well well done on saying no <laughs> um <laughs> So tell us about what are the propositions then, because I know it's very different, for example. So as you said, Microsoft Rewards has a Bing search uh, proposition. So I'd love you to Mm -hmm. explain that and probably will sound um, very compelling given what we've already talked about. Um, And then the Xbox proposition. So I do think they're very different. So tell us exactly what you're, you're offering to your members. Sure, absolutely. I'll start with Bing because um, that's where I, I got my start. I kind of oh, cool. uh, came up through the through the Bing uh, universe at Microsoft. Um, the The value proposition for the the search component of our program is that when you when you search on the Bing search engine, Microsoft Bing, mm-hmm. um, you have the opportunity to earn rewards for yourself for causes that you care about, mm-hmm. and really all you have to do once you're signed in with your account mm-hmm. um, is just keep searching. When okay. you search, you accrue points okay. uh, that can be used to redeem for gift cards, uh, subscription value, store credit uh, mm. with Microsoft or Xbox, mm-hmm. um, or even for a cause that you care about through what uh, we have launched over the past several years, uh, Give With Bing, which is a, a set of features around helping you to both connect your reward earning to mm-hmm. uh, social impact, uh, but you know, we hope can eventually be something that helps to shift how we see search as a way of engaging with the world, how we see um, giving back as something that can be an extension of how you earn value for yourself through the the businesses that you choose to work with, the brands that you select for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. Okay. Yeah, super simple. Again, very clear, um, very compelling. And that's when it, it sounds like it has been around for a long time, did you say, Adam? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, about 10 yeah. years or so. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Wow. It's been around a while. And it's it's one of those things. The, um, you know, the Bing product as a challenger brand um, has, sure. has had a more, I would say, localized approach to getting the word out, right? Um, and so you see that in our loyalty efforts as well, where there mm-hmm. are some markets we have chosen to really focus our attention. Yeah. Um, we're not in every country in the world today, yeah. but we are. what we're choosing to do is to pick the places where we can be really effective and do a great job for our customers yeah. and to you know, stay there and kind of get great at that. And as we have the opportunity to, to extend that to other markets and other, other mm. customers, we will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's back to what 
you know, we we're talking about earlier in terms of saying no to say yes yeah. to something really good. Yeah. Yeah. And what I did pick up just again, researching the Bing proposition there is it does seem to be um, particularly resident with uh, console users, which actually sounds like exactly what you were just explaining. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. people who have, you know, built up a trust with the brand and the product um, in another area. You know, so mm-hmm. if I am an Xbox user, then I guess it's more likely that I would be, you know, happy to default over to Bing as my search engine. So mm-hmm. that sure. seems to make perfect sense. Yeah, you know, there's there's ecosystem value there for sure. Yeah. The um, the thing we figured out after a while is that the 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 there's a gamified aspect to what what our customers get to do with with Bing rewards, right? Okay. Um, and it kind of makes it fun to search okay. sometimes, yeah. right? Nice. We kind yeah. of look forward to completing the quizzes and the okay. and the different games that we we make available. Mm. Um, and for the for the gamer audience who's sort of looking for who almost look at gaming as like their job they're when they think about being all they can be when they think about achievement they are thinking about uh gaming they're t- wow. thinking about fun and yeah. so that notion of fun has has always been really important across uh both both wings of the program because we recognize that um when you when you design an incentive or when you build a campaign to get your customers excited you don't want to talk to them about vegetables and antioxidants. You want to talk to them about dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Funnel cake, ice yeah. cream. Um, and it's, I'm probably tipping my hand a little bit there um, about my dietary preferences. But <laughs> the, uh, the the reality is um, that element of fun or defining work and play as being kind of one and the same at times. It's like yeah. the yeah. business of, of fun can be serious business. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Uh, that, yeah. that I think is is sort of the... Yeah. The emotional link there for for our gamers who have discovered how easy it is to earn value, sure. using Bing, and and in you know, many cases they pile that back into their engagement mm-hmm. with Xbox because it gives them a little extra balance that they can put toward that next game, that next piece of content. Mm. So tell us then about the Xbox proposition. Yeah, sure. So with, with Xbox, uh, you know, this this program grew up in, in parallel to Bing uh, mm-hmm. before we brought them together, and and with Xbox the. Um, you have this sort of, um, it's almost like a conglomerate within a conglomerate. And what I mean by that is, um, compared to Bing for a moment, search is a very simple product, pretty yeah. simple concept in terms yeah. of what it represents. So yeah. it's a text box that you type into mm-hmm. and it delivers you magically powerful results that help you to make decisions, <laughs> find things around, the world, right? And it's not just Bing, there are, there, you know, there are others too that will go nameless. Uh, <laughs> the, um, the Xbox world is big. It's big. Yeah, there yeah. is, um, first of all, there's both the the gaming aspect of it, of you know the the growing social landscape around gaming and the interactivity of it. Which yeah. um, tell you when I felt like a dinosaur is when I realized that I was I was like aged out of this prospect of at least for me as a person yeah. getting online and playing with my friends uh, who all have kids or or yeah. like what's this you know this online game play now a lot of our a lot of our gamers are are guys who look and sound just like me mm-hmm. um who hop on after their kids go to bed yeah. um, but you have this this kind of social landscape around it you also have the traditional uh commerce platform where mm-hmm. um where you can buy games you can buy you can buy media mm-hmm. uh from microsoft or mm-hmm. from xbox mm-hmm. and then you have the the other layers of of marketing and experiences that have been built around that so um the the thing that is of late becoming a really big thing is game pass 
So mm. Xbox Game Pass is sort of a it's mm. a business model innovation geared toward making like remaking what it means to to have access to all the games that you want to play. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Lots of people call it uh, Netflix for gaming. Uh, my, uh -oh. my Xbox friends would be okay. up in arms if I said that, or if they knew that I was saying that on a podcast. But yeah. you know, it's this this idea of bringing a subscription model, yes. uh, this um, per perpetuity uh, to to gaming content, where yeah. uh, just like we have this kind of software as a service model, pretty highly penetrated in, in software generally. Yeah. The reason that that works so well for customers is because. They don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of new stuff every time there's a new piece of content or there's a new software update. Mm. And, you know, much okay. like, you know, yeah. the way con consumers engage with Netflix, yeah. there's a lot of us who probably watch a lot more movies and TV than we did before. Yeah. Uh, we had access to it on a subscription basis. Sure. Yeah. I think the the same thing can probably be said when you look at the the gaming ecosystem that Xbox has built. It started mm. out as a marketplace where you go and you kind of buy a la carte when you, mm. when you would uh, want something. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you have this kind of traditional marketplace and, and a lot of us who game still buy a lot of games, right? That's, yeah, okay. that's not going anywhere. Yeah. But increasingly, the um, the shift has been not from or has been from um, thinking of our, our customers as as buyers in those yeah. kind of moment to moment transactions, that kind of transactional aspect to yeah. um, just making the portfolio available. Right. And mm -hmm. so this is where a product like Game Pass creates such a unique opportunity for yeah. loyalty, because instead of trying to drive transactions in yes. the marketplace, we are thinking about how do we get people more excited about what they already have access to? How mm -hmm. do we get them to play more games and discover their new favorite game that they they never would have found? I just was playing one last night for the first time that uh, it's been around for 20 years. Right. This wow. is not a new game. Yeah. And um I'm, I'm just like, wow, where, where have you been all my life? Right. <laughs> um, and that that's, again, yeah. it brings back in that emotional component and you focus yeah. on the usage and particularly with a product like, or, you know, a set of products like Xbox, Yes, the delighters are in, are in the experience of the product, right? Mm. It's not in the, the purchase uh, mm. flow. Yeah. It's not in the balance where you read your statements mm -hmm. uh, or even how many points you're accumulating. It's in the joy of, of wow. playing. Consuming more. Yeah. That's quite extraordinary because I was I was going to ask, you know, what is the the strategic intent of Microsoft Rewards for Xbox? You know, how much is focused on acquiring new gamers? You know, mm -hmm. you know, is, is Paula a potential gamer? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I'll give you a more general answer to yeah. that question. Sure. Um, and this is this is my opinion. Okay. Um, I think that generally speaking, loyalty programs mm -hmm. don't make great customer acquisition programs. Now there are exceptions for sure. Yeah. If that's you look true. across the yeah. industry, yeah. Um, they, they are great at giving the customer a reason to stay mm -hmm. and yeah. making sure that when they do, they're yeah. glad they did. Yeah. So uh, put another way, I think, I think really great loyalty programs, um, do their best work when they focusing on when when they are focusing on the existing customer base and how to make that mm. that customer experience for them as mm. good as it can be yeah. as as satisfying as it can be mm. and that means engagement and retention if you think yeah. about this like a funnel um yeah. you yeah. work your mid funnel you work your bottom of funnel mm. um so that you you don't see customers leaking out the bottom of your funnel yeah and another thing that I'm hearing a lot, Adam, um, and I don't know if it happens within Microsoft Rewards, but 
it's the idea of, I suppose, community and being a member of something. And I had a guest on recently, just back to your point, actually, about subscription, because that's, you know, such a huge topic. So subscribing to get content is absolutely wonderful and particularly mm-hmm. the unlimited content uh, concept. And I did see in your latest um, results, for example, that there are 25 million, for example, subscribers to um, Xbox Live Gold, I believe is the name of one of the products. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope I've got my terminology right there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I just think it's absolutely extraordinary. But but the distinction I wanted to get your opinion on is, you know, do members of, of Microsoft Rewards feel like they're part of something, you know, greater? Like, does it have like a tribe-like mentality or, or is it just, no, I just love gaming. I'm happy to share ideas, but but it's just about my gaming experience. I'd just love to understand that a little bit. Oh, that's a great question, Paula. Um, we talk a lot about creating community, about creating a sense of belonging. And okay. this is um, this gets back to that notion of moving away from just the transactional aspects of loyalty to really sure. focus on the emotional yeah. drivers of loyalty. Mm. I know I said earlier that we look at great loyalty programs as being deeply integrated in the core business and the core offering. Mm. Mm. Um, and so now I'm going to say something that probably feels like it's in conflict with that. I think the the notion of creating community mm-hmm. you know, in loyalty programs. Um, can sometimes be a little bit fraught um, if we believe that people have to create a sense of or have to have a sense of community as our customer mm-hmm. that is literally about our loyalty program or or about the thing that we call our loyalty program. So yeah. um, let me give you an example of what I mean. So if you look at the Xbox ecosystem today, if you look at the, the landscape of, of customers and users and, and gamers mm. online, uh, on social media, on streaming platforms, everywhere, you see community everywhere. Okay. It's a vibrant community. People are passionate mm. to the point of, of, uh, of absurdity <laughs> sometimes about sure. gaming. Yeah. Um, the community is thriving there. Mm. Um, and, and so the 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 temptation could be for a loyalty program manager to come in and say okay now mm. we're going to we're going to try and take all that and and kind of build that into making people really excited about our loyalty program mm-hmm. that's sort of getting it backwards right that's mm. trying yeah. to get the customer to serve us um i remember reading in a piece of literature years ago that when you when you talk to company leaders um and customers each of them has sort of an opposite view of what what loyalty is in totally. the context of like customer loyalty. Yeah. Um, customers say, well, loyalty mm. is about the company being loyal to me, the customer. Totally. Right. Yeah. Um, and companies say, well, loyalty <laughs> is about the customer being loyal to us. <laughs> totally. It, it turns out we're all the uh, the hero in our own story. Um, yeah, and, yeah. you know, it yeah. turns out we as loyalty managers are no different from our customers in that respect. And we need to remember yeah. that we're yeah. not here to serve ourselves. We're here to serve them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that came out again, even quite recently, Adam, because um, I had uh, Bond brand loyalty on the program as well. Mm -hmm. And it was one of their big, big insights. So you're absolutely right. It's one thing um, for us as an industry to say, yes, we're here to drive behavior and we're here to to take care of our our customers, you know, Um, but, you know, but expecting the the customer to do more and be more loyal as a result. But Mm -hmm. actually the customer is sitting there going, what are you doing for me? <laughs> yeah. 
you yeah, know, that's right. why, why should I be loyal? You know, so so who goes first? <laughs> so sounds like you have a wonderful mentality about getting the the community and taking care of that community as best you can. Sure. Well, and it's I think also just recognizing that it takes a little bit of humility sometimes to find yeah. your find your space in a in an ecosystem like yeah. Microsoft consumer yeah. and recognize, okay, um, there are ways in which really, really great loyalty programs are practically invisible mm. to the customer. Mm-hmm. When I'll give you an example of a, an, another loyalty program I really love, mm-hmm. uh, the Alaska Airlines mileage program. Okay. When when you talk to Alaska Airlines customers, and it's you know, partly the benefit of being a regional airline as opposed yeah. to having to yeah. be everywhere. Um, you ask people what they love about Alaska Airlines, and they will quote you chapter and verse the things they love about the loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll also talk about the flying experience and, and the travel experience. Mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, the, the customers of Alaska Airlines don't really distinguish the loyalty program from the core offering. Okay. It's one of the same, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and so with that in mind, I think when we set out to design systems and incentives and programs mm. and experiences for our customers, yeah, oftentimes, you know, you've done it right when, when the customer can't even tell the difference between what you're doing and what the core product is. Okay. Um, actually, our CMO likes to, likes to remind us of this, you know, the, the marketing is the product is the marketing okay. and this mantra of really creating seamlessness and sometimes mm-hmm. it means you're not the you're not taking the hero position uh, okay. in your customer's mind. Okay. But but what matters most is they come away from the experience with a, a warmer heartbeat for for your program, your product, your your experience yeah. that you offer. Okay. Yeah. And they probably won't be able to articulate why. That's right. Um, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So that's the point I think you're ma- making is that they they yeah. just know that they want to go back into that warm fuzzy place. <laughs> That's right. And maybe more importantly, they don't necessarily know to articulate that as being because of the loyalty program. They of just course. know they really love Xbox. To, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and I can imagine the language and I can imagine the tribal behavior. And for sure, you know, we all have things we geek out about. So given how extraordinary, like I, I'm often thinking, you know, like, more and more like our business models need to really learn from, you know, bringing fun into business a bit more, you know, <laughs> like, like just genuinely, you know, when I think about yeah. education and courses, I'm, I'm studying with uh, Seth Godin at the moment, for example, oh, yeah. um, repeating my podcast training just to kind of see Great. what I missed the first time around. Yeah. But again, there's loads of gamification. There's all the badges in there. So, you know, every time I behave in a, in a, in a nice way um, and there's community guidelines and all those wonderful things so yeah i definitely yeah. feel like i'm part of that that cohort of people who's passionate about something which clearly gaming absolutely is as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonderful so in terms of um i've already asked you about um expanding beyond the the, the core two areas of focus and um, mm-hmm. geographically then and i know dubai might not be top of your <laughs> you know your wish list for uh, from a commercial perspective although i think you mm-hmm. said to me you're, you're you're keen to travel here at some point did you oh yeah oh i've been through the oh. airport a few times on, oh, okay. on uh, work trips but uh, i haven't okay. had a chance to get out and explore yet to, to stop off yet but um but do you think microsoft rewards will extend beyond the us into i don't know other or the markets of focus do you think there's opportunities and intention to do that yeah you know it's um the the will is there i will tell you you know it's cool um, yeah. we love the the prospect of being a broad 
uh, mm. geographic program. Today, we operate in about 20 markets, okay. uh, 20 countries, and um, we have a, a somewhat of a variable offering. There are some markets where we have our full program offering that okay. includes uh, the Bing experience and others where we focus mainly on on the, the Xbox and, and store aspects mm. of our program. Okay. The, um, the thing I would say is, um, and I think this could probably be said of, of any business that's making a decision about whether to expand. You mm. have to look at what are the outcomes that you're trying to land for your customer and, mm. and for your bottom line. Mm. And I will tell you that, you know, probably the, the, the biggest constraint for us is looking at what it will take to operate in a new market successfully, delivering yeah. the kind of customer experience we want uh, mm. the customer to have. And if we can't do it with confidence, we don't go there yet. Okay. But I say yet because, yeah. hmm. you know. Yes. Yes. You're being disciplined and saying no, but yeah, <laughs> open to saying yes. Trying to be, trying to be. <laughs> well done. Well done. And then I suppose my final question then, Adam, um, just would love your perspective on other trends and concepts. And I suppose, where do you think loyalty may end up going? We talked before we came on air about hopefully, you know, thinking about, you know, the pandemic might just soon become something that we don't have to obsess mm -hmm. about or or worry about as we have for the past two years. So I know in my experience, the conversations I'm having, loyalty is just really, really getting increased respect, increased focus. And of course, mm -hmm. the um, increased discipline, I think, is, is equally important as well. So sure. I know you come, for, 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 for example, from a finance background, so mm -hmm. highly accountable in terms of the profitability, sure. obviously, of anything that you do. Oh, yeah. what, what else do you think is, is important for loyalty professionals listening to this show, you know, thinking about loyalty as we go through 2020? Too. You know, I think that um, being clear-eyed about trends is important. Uh, recognizing the the secular trends that are changing lots of industries and lots of lots of categories. Mm. Um, there's an opportunity there, I think, to to lean into those those changes and to mm. be okay with experimenting, right? Mm. Um, but I think you know. Of course, the the business fundamentals are are essential, right? Mm -hmm. You go to loyalty conferences, and it feels like you're in a group therapy session. Sometimes talking to different <laughs> loyalty program totally. managers about how yes. they justify their program to leadership, right? It's the business case. Yeah. Um, the uh, the thing I would say is you have to you have to balance that that financial uh, sensibility with the brand love, with the the emotional aspects the creative aspects of loyalty program management that are really about creating that, that warm connection with the customer. Um, you can't have one without the other. And so it's, um, th that's probably one of the things that I have delighted in learning about over the past five years, uh, mm. working on this program is just, wow, you know, you can, you can run a great business. Um, but to really build an even greater business, you have to embrace the, the the customer experience. You have to embrace the, mm. and really like really internalize what mm. it means to love a brand, right? And how how to develop experiences that cultivate that, right? Mm. It's in some ways it's the opposite end of the cognitive spectrum from the spreadsheets and the the data models and all those kinds of things that we do to to crunch the numbers. Mm. Um, but it is it is equally if not more important uh, than than the financial stuff. So when I when, back to your original question. When I look out at trends and what's going on and what do I expect to come, um, I think that we are going to continue to see 
increased leverage of technology and digital experiences across yeah. sectors. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just a statement about how people will consume products and services. Mm. This idea of the experience economy has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's something that we have to take as a given in loyalty, mm -hmm. yeah. that we are in the business of creating experiences. Yeah, uh, It's like that idea that people don't remember what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Sure. Experiences are all about evoking mm -hmm. that emotion, that feeling yeah. in a way that's durable. And so yeah. um, that's a big one. The other, the other problem with all these kind of collapsing digital channels and, and like the, the barriers coming down between some of these things as mm -hmm. we all spend more and more time online is mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of noise. It takes a lot to break through. And yeah. so simplicity and clarity of, of single purpose remains and has become even more important. Wow. Yes. Well, you know, we, we will definitely credit you with consistency, Adam, in your messaging. So <laughs> <laughs> well done you. I can hear laser focus coming through. So um, I can imagine it must be wonderful for your team just to have that level of direction and guidance and, you know, just, um, you know, the higher purpose of what you're trying to do to, to delight your members and your customers. So, yeah. So that's all my questions from my side, Adam. Is there anything else that uh, you, you would like to, to, to mention before? Before we wrap up, you know, I guess I would just say thanks for the opportunity to join in this conversation. It's uh, it's a delight to listen to your podcast and, and to the the different uh, guests that you bring on, uh, and also um, you know to to get in the ring and and uh, participate a little bit too. So thank you for that. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm hoping it's not the only time, Adam. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be watching some exciting stuff coming out of your uh, your team. Um, so yeah, I'll be watching, watching with interest and delighted to stay in touch. So with that said, I will say Adam Grupp, Microsoft Director uh, of Microsoft Rewards. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.